I like my coffee like I like my women, dripping with cheese. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Before we get into the rest of everything that we're going to do today, I do think we need to give out a shout out to our latest Patreon supporters. We got a few yeah. to shout out. We got Chris in Sacramento. We got Jeremy C. We got Joe. And surprisingly enough, we got 10 Bell Pod. Our buddies at 10 Bell Pod are supporting us at the $1 level, but still, that's fucking pretty awesome. Don't $1 level shame them. <laughs> that's awesome of them. I am not. I am not. That's why I'm giving them a fucking shout out. We're getting a fucking support from another podcast from our buddies at 10 Bell Pod, so I appreciate you. We've got to turn right back around and give them that dollar pack. Yeah, that's you. right. Next time I see them, I'll buy them. I can't. I don't even know if you can buy a PBR for a, yeah. for a dollar, but... And we appreciate your support, Tim Bellpod. Thank you, Tim Bellpod. We got one more. This one just in. Lisa G just upped her pledge. I'm assuming this is to give us a very indecorous Merry Christmas. Uh, Lisa G is the best. Yeah, Lisa's the best, bro. Lisa G is the best. And we love Lisa. So, yes, thank you, Chris, Jeremy, Joe, Tim Bellpod, Lisa. We love you all. Appreciate the support. I also need to announce this. On one of the previous podcasts, I mentioned how... We updated our merch store, and we had doggy vests. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're out. We've sold out. We don't have any more doggy vests, so I'm sorry if you didn't get into the doggy vest. They're all gone, but we do have mugs and stickers now, so you can But get... what about if we have indecorous dogs? What what becomes of them? You got to put them down. <laughs> That's all there is to it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so we have the indecorous pound. Yeah, I'm sorry if your dog is indecorous, but we're coming for your pet. Indecorous <laughs> Comedy Podcast is an all-kill shelter. <laughs> <laughs> so we no more doggy vests, but we have mugs and we have stickers. So, you know, just get a regular vest and then fucking stick a sticker on it. Also, this is good news. Even as much as we've struggled... We are in the playoffs, guys. We are in the fantasy football playoffs. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Which means we are in the top six of ten, which, you know, it's not really saying much, but we're in the playoffs. <laughs> All right. We, at least we were in the worst. You know who didn't make it? Ten Bell Pod. <laughs> Sorry, Ten Bell Pod. <laughs> so I got something for you guys. This is, a, this is a good one. We've got our first ever indecorous business that we have to get off the grounds. We're talking Kickstarter is right around the corner, so I'll let the weasel out of the bag. The Ohio House just passed a bill requiring burial or cremation of fetuses after an abortion. Now, some people might say this is horrible. This is an outrage against our rights, our freedoms, but I hear cash signs. So, boys, we are moving to Ohio and starting the very first indecorous fetus cremation company. So, um, basically, the Ohio legislator is now requiring if you have an abortion... You got to bury the thing or you got to get it cremated and cemetery spaces at a premium. So everyone's going to be forced to cremate these little fuckers. So if we get there first and make the first ever, you know, indecorous crematorium, we can sort of corner the market and make a shitload of money. And I've even got a, a, a catchy little jingle for us. God damn, be, wow. A jingle. You're <laughs> you well, that's step one. Above. 
for any successful business, you need a good you jingle. You need a good jingle. So, so, so think about it. It's going to be a crematorium for wee little dead babies. The jingle is going to be, you make them, we bake them. Oh, I like it. Okay. So you have a slogan, all right? You got me all excited when you said jingle. That implies there's a fucking tune behind yeah, it. and That's right. Yeah, I was about to be like, I thought you were going to pull out your guitar and shit. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, here we go. Let me see if you can hear this. You make them, you make them, we bake them, we bake them in decorous crematorium on the corner of Main and 17th. Yeah, Ian's just being modest. He came up with Red Robin yum jingle. <laughs> but dude, we could just take like an old Italian oven with a pizza thing and we could do lunch, you know, fancy little Italian oven pizzas and then close and then cook some dead babies. What do you think? I mean, I hear you and, I, and I'm open to the idea, but I'm still thinking Oregon just because of the heroin. Yeah, Oregon's probably a better place for us to move. The decriminalized heroin, it's like I gotta weigh these two things. Freely do heroin or incinerate babies. You're really putting me in a in a tight spot here. I thought you were saying you have to weigh two bags of heroin. I mean that probably too. That probably too. And then put a dead baby on the other side of the scale. See which one fills up first. Tough choices. Yeah, heroin and scale. That's what we should have named our podcast. Heroin and scale. Deadlier than a sword. Welcome to episode 66 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 16 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy podcast, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. It's your call. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. To my left, we have Bobby D. Yo. And to my right, we have Ian. Greetings, friends. Today, we'll be talking about indecorous news, we'll be doing part two of the indecorous history of the tobacco industry, and we'll close it all out with indecorous Ohio state laws. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Jason Canner, everybody. Jason, how you doing, bro? Good, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm from Ohio, is that part of the reason that that was on there, or is that complete coincidence? That is exactly the reason. Yep, we were doing these in like uh, alphabetical order, and I fucked up at one point, so I'm just like, ah, fuck it, let's just do it from wherever the guest is. You're Columbus, right? Uh, That's where I started comedy. I I, I grew up in Cleveland, and then I uh, went to Ohio State in Columbus, and then I I started after I uh, finished school, started doing stand-up 20 years ago this month. Holy shit, dude. Fucking, I don't know if I should say congratulations or or my condolences. Was the Funny Bone, is that where you started at Columbus? Yeah, I started at like a little uh, dive bar on High Street, uh, the main drag um, through campus. Uh, but then, yeah, the Funny Bone, I was I was doing shows there, you know, like the open mic nights and things like that. Well, how was that? Uh, I mean, it was great. It was too good. Um, like, so basically, maybe my third or fourth show ever I you know I, I'd gotten into the finals of this funniest person in Columbus contest and then Dave Stroop who books you know fucking right. 30 funny bones around the country he saw my like fourth show ever and I've 20 years later I've not gotten uh, a chance to get that out of his head he still thinks I'm like, <laughs> really it's, it's crazy like I'll work for him sporadically like if someone brings me or you know things like that and then he's just he like he doesn't use me he like thinks i'm up you know just a shitty open micer that seems to be the story for everybody like i had that same shit happen to me with the comedy club in charlotte they saw me when i was an open micer and it's just like fucking impossible to shed that fucking image i guess like they saw you'll never be that good again yeah it's like they saw you as a baby and then they're like oh yeah this guy always shits his pants 
It's like, no, nah, <laughs> man, you know, I've grown since then. I've been potty trained. But I've heard that about Columbus, though. I met, a, I met, I, I don't remember the comic's name, but I met this dude in Cincinnati at Go Bananas once, and he was from Columbus. He's like, what are you doing here, man? The fucking Funny Bones, they're just, they're based out of there, meaning it's troops there. And he was like, yeah, dude, but if they see you there, they don't take you seriously. I, I'd rather just go somewhere else, then come back, and then I might have a better chance of getting in with the Absolutely, Funny Bones. Yeah. They've got like three, it's either two or three rotating hosts and they're all, they're like 25 year guys. Like they, they don't, there's like no scene there. There's no, you know, there's no new people hosting. Holy shit. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. Like I went back and like the kids were, you know, complaining to me about, you know, they, 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 they do like, there's like bar shows off campus that have no crowds. So it's just like, it's, it's pretty shitty. I did the audition there. Cause I don't know if they still do them, but they used to do the auditions like on Wednesday and I did it once and well i did it actually twice the first time i didn't get passed and the second time i i did good i did way better than i did the first time and then after the show stroops talks to you and he's like man i uh i had to take a phone call while you were on stage <laughs> uh it seemed like you got a good reaction you know you can send me avails and i did and i still am yet i'm still waiting to get a single fucking booking off of that yeah i had to talk to my buddy scam likely <laughs> I, I did. A, I think. I think I did three of those. And uh, the, the first one, I went up last. There were two like Minnesota. It was a guy and a girl from Minnesota that went up, and they had all right sets. And then I had, I had a great set. I had like the set of my life. And they were both like, "Well, you got work. That's cool." And then Stroop spoke to the three of us. The two of them got work, and I got no work. It was crazy. Jesus they were, they were like Jeez. being apologetic. They're like, "I don't know what happened." I was like, "Yeah, you're new. He's never seen you, and he's just you know, he's yeah, over me." Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So congratulations on twenty years of comedy. For this fucking, <laughs> yeah. Having to deal with this horse shit. I celebrated camping with comedy. You know, two hundred miles away. So that sounds good. A friend of mine. I saw this. This is true. It sounds like a joke, but it is true. I saw a friend of mine recently went off the grid, and actually, the way I found out that they were off the grid is because they kept posting pictures on Instagram of them off the grid. Oh, I thought you were going to say because, like, their phone got shut down. Like, they were forced off the grid. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what that means. All right. Well, let's get started. We got questions. We like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. These questions are open for everyone on the show to answer, but in low likelihood will never be resolved. This first question actually comes from a longtime listener. That She's actually kind of asking an inside question from the podcast. She's asking, this comes from Lisa. Everybody loves Indecorous Podcat. Will there ever be an Indecorous Pod dog is what she asked. And for those of you who don't know, we used to meet at Ian's place back before the virus. And he had this little cat with a flat face. What kind of a cat was that, Ian? It's it's a Persian. Persian. Okay. And basically what I did to promote the podcast was like, you know what people love is cat pictures. So I would just post a picture of the cat and then be like, hey, by the way, we have a podcast. Yeah, basically, I, I can fill this a little bit. The reason we decided to do the promos with the cat is because I learned through Reddit and Imgur and every other social media site that no matter how awesome and amazing your content is, there will always be a picture of a basic cat doing basic <laughs> cat shit that gets a million more likes and upvotes than anything you could ever come up with. Right. So you just give up. Yeah, so we're just posting yeah. pictures of this cat left and right, and Lisa's asking if we'll ever... I think I know the answer to this one because I know you're not a big fan of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so here's the thing. I mean, in retrospect, Indecorous Podcat has been a shitty cat because we had a, a prior female cat. And I don't know if you've ever heard the term 
caddy or you've ever heard the term pissing contest. Mm-hmm. But these have a very different meaning whenever you live in the reality of two female cats because oh. they constantly try to up the ante and piss on each other's shit. And I had it at one point, actually myself, become the alpha cat and piss on their shit to get them to stop. <laughs> Not my proudest moment, but I totally had to go there. So, I so think you, that, you, know, you pissed on their shit so they would stop pissing on everything else? Yes! It was the only fucking way because they had little cat beds and little cat toys and they were just constantly pissing on each other's stuff to try to, you know, become the alpha. <laughs> so one day I just decided to piss in their fucking food in front of them and say... I'm just saying, show you know, dominance? Exactly. That's what I do to my like, guests. I was like, look, listen to here, little, little cats. You guys are not the alpha. Stop trying to show off and stop pissing everywhere. And they've been surprisingly better but i mean it worked so yeah i guess to lisa's question will there be an indecorous dog i mean bobby has many a dog let's make one of them the indecorous dog because i think we're pretty much all filled up on decorous cats over here as far as the cats and uh, vengeance goes i lived with my sister for a year and she had a cat that hated me and i came back home one day and it took a shit on my fucking pillow oh my god wow really <laughs> yeah and you're and you're pretty sure it was on purpose like it Hundred <laughs> percent. Really? Well, after he read the note. <laughs> well, so now you know that you got to shit in their food. Apparently, that's what. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that cat's long dead. I might dig up its grave and piss on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's your answer, Lisa. Uh, here's our second question. Mark asks, "What is the worst thing you could imagine somebody would hoard?" Catch it. <laughs> yeah that shit yeah that's it i got a neighbor that uh the, the other neighbors make fun of because he always like comes back into the building with his dog shit instead of just like throwing it in the trash can like everybody else so they think he's hoarding it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is weird i try and find the nearest garbage can if i'm out with the dogs <laughs> absolutely uh, jc you have any pets no yeah it's too much of a responsibility for me to fucking take care of other i have a hard enough time just taking care of my own shits especially in in the city having to walk a dog in the morning if you live you know suburbs or just place where you have a backyard and you can open up the door and let the dog out instead of like having to fucking walk it in like sub-zero conditions and exactly yeah that actually that's actually probably i don't know if it's still a thing i since i don't know how what the scene is like anymore but that was a lot of comics were doing that back in the day was just being dog walkers yeah just picking up um, 10 cats and, or well, not cats, <laughs> the 10 dogs and walking <laughs> them in the morning and shit. Yeah, it's still, I, I don't know what people are, because like, I assume a lot of comics are out of business because dog walking is not a thing right now. You know, like everyone's staying at home <laughs> yeah. and they're walking their own dogs. So Yeah, that's the funny thing is that that's, that's what's going to put fucking comedy out of business is that dog walking is not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that they're still moving though, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. You can still be a mover. Isn't that the other like, comedy uh, job? Yeah, helping people move and shit. Yeah, helping people yeah. move out of the city now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. What a, I mean, what else can you guys think about like hoarding as far well, as... Well, here's, here's a fun one. Um, a friend of mine back in the day was hoarding cassette tapes. And, of course, these were obsolete for like 20 years. But then the egg was on my face because I used to give him shit whenever all of a sudden Urban Outfitters tried some retro revival act to put cassette tape players and $15 cassettes on the fucking shelf out of nowhere. And then suddenly this guy is sitting on a small fortune of hipster fucking relics he can try to peddle on eBay. It was it was crazy. There was like a moment for like a year where Urban Outfitters tried to bring this shit back. So literally just like Maxwell cassette tapes or TDK or whatever, those? Yeah, dude, exactly. Those fucking things that you... Back before, you know, CDs were the only game in town, people had the shitty cassette tapes that fucking degraded after like 10 years because <laughs> they sound like shit. God and damn. 
Yeah, dude. So uh, this guy had a fucking whole treasure trove of him that he started selling on eBay whenever Urban Outfitters tried to bring it back. Well, that's a question, actually. Like, what is something that you've had before that is worth money now that you didn't know was going to be worth anything? Because I was just, I played poker with some dudes and on Friday, and somebody, one of them was telling me how he was going to go to a card trading convention or some shit to get some garbage pail kids. You guys remember that shit? Oh, yeah. those were awesome. I'm, I'm looking at some right now on my desk. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I see, see, I collected that shit when I was a kid, but I, I distinctly remember, I don't know, at this point, probably 20 years ago, where I was just like, well, what am I going to do with this shit? So I tried to stick them on shit, like actually pull the stickers. Mm-hmm. They didn't stick to anything because by that time they were super old. But if I knew they were going to be worth anything at some point, I would have fucking held on to that shit. Well, I, don't, like, I'm, I have third series written on them. I actually gave them to my ex-girlfriend when we were dating. I gave them to her for her brother because her brother likes vintage shit and then we broke up and then like she like gave me a bag of my shit back and these the cards were in them so oh wow i don't know what to do with them (laughs) holy well fucking apparently they're fucking worth some shit now all right i'll I'll look that up that's nice to that's a fucking a profitable breakup (laughs) (laughs) you find out you have like three hundred thousand dollars worth of garbage yeah like that's the best fucking best breakup you ever fucking did man error card in there makes them worth more yeah no, <laughs> yeah uh all right this last question comes from wink he's saying why is calling a person <laughs> all right I, I read this exactly as they send them so this is what he said why is calling a person or woman a cunt worse than calling them a pussy now first of all it's kind of funny that he's dividing persons and women I think that's pretty <laughs> funny already. But basically, he's asking, why is it worse to call somebody a cunt than it is called them a pussy? I'll, I'll, I will say this. I use the word cunt pretty liberally, but I use it for, like, anybody. Like, I, I, yeah. I, a dude, a woman, it doesn't matter. Australian style. Is yeah, that the, yeah, yeah exactly. that sort of thing. But every time that I've had somebody get pissed at me before using the word cunt, they think I'm using it because it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, if it was a dude doing that same shit, I'd call him a cunt, too. It's interesting. I think the words have different connotations. It's strange. It describes the same anatomy, but I think pussy is more of like a person that's kind of like a scaredy cat, a lightweight bitch, and then cunt's more of like a person that you view as adversarially, like they're just, they suck at life, you hate them. Twat's another one that's somewhere in that it's not a person you're putting sort of characteristics of weakness on, more of like a person you don't like. So they have different connotations. Uh, I remember, so when I was a kid, I used to have those uh, truly tasteless joke book jokes. You ever see those things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Street jokes and shit. But like as a, you know, we'd be going on a family trip. I was in third or fourth grade just reading those in the backseat. And I rem- that's one of the few jokes I remember, which was uh, what's the difference between a pussy and a cunt? A uh, pussy is soft, warm, and inviting. A cunt owns the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So that's where you got your closer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I just use it all the time just i love the fucking word it is one of those where i mean well when i go on the road when i when that was a thing mm-hmm. that would be like the one word that a lot of places would be fucking scared of like i just don't do the c word just don't do the c word where i'm like what the fuck is who gives a fuck it's just a, i don't give it that much value as and obviously a lot of people do i think it's the rarity of the word too where you don't hear cunt that often so i think that makes it makes people more sensitive like you know yeah 
well, I like fag and homo at this point, you know, like right. the F word, quote unquote, uh, is, is going away. Right. So now it's more shocking when you hear that. But I mean, homo, I guess, is I guess homo and pussy are both soft words, you know, at this point. Well, the thing here's what's interesting to me, at least, is that I would be more likely to say just going by and you would know this, too, because you've been on the road as opposed to just being in New York the whole time. I would have absolutely zero issues dropping cunt if I'm doing a show in New York City. Like I would know, I don't want I wouldn't think of somebody getting mad, but I would think mm-hmm. twice about doing fag. I was like, ah, this is going to be a fucking problem. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas if you're in Middle America, you could drop fag with no issues and then get in trouble for saying cunt. That's a good point. But to be fair, you're using the N word so much that cunt is a bit of a palate cleanser. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, that is true. You got me there. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to our next segment. It's Indecorous News. This is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. This first story, Ian, you can take it. All right, the headline is Supermarket Worker Jailed for Having Sex with Chickens and His Dog. Supermarket Worker Shane Waters has been banned from keeping animals for life after admitting to having sex with chickens and a dog. His interspecies lovemaking exploits came to light after a farmer in Ankaran, England, discovered a number of dead birds in his farm. Yeah, I like I like how this guy just saw a bunch of dead birds and assumed like, oh, somebody must have fucked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! All these birds have been fucked to death on this farm. <laughs> like from my experience, fucking birds. This is how they. <laughs> Like they die with a smile on their beak. <laughs> yeah. uh, fearing, quote, something sexual had happened to them, the farmer checked closed circuit TV recordings and called in the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Footage showed Shane Waters prowling around the farm with a seductive look on his face before leaving the barn at 11.40. All right, I added the seductive look thing because I, I assume, right? You would I, was about, I was about to comment on that saying those are some goddamn good security cameras if they can zoom in that close. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fucking, yeah, the AI and facial recognition now these days fucking out of control. Uh, Waters, who had previous convictions for abusing horses in 1997 and now I, let me stop you right there man i don't know how you can abuse a horse like if you can't do anything to a horse that the horse doesn't want you to fucking do <laughs> they have to be a willing participant uh, there's some big I've, I've said this before i hate to sound like a broken record man but if you're letting a horse fuck you that shouldn't be a crime because the horse if he doesn't want to fuck you he's not gonna fuck you and then if you're fucking the horse and it's letting you then it doesn't give a fuck yeah, same thing. Yeah, I haven't heard you use those words since your trial. Well, yeah, that's that's my whole line of defense. Being a horse is consent. <laughs> I just I like that he was able to stay horse fuck free for 19 years and he relapsed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. From 97 to 2016. <laughs> or, or he was doing it the whole time and those were the two years that he got caught. Those are the two times that he got caught. Yeah, yeah right. he's like, I need, need to stop leaving the windows to my barn open. He I started guess. getting sloppy by 2016. <laughs> yeah. But he was arrested on September 23rd and told officers, I need help. I know what I've done. I just get these urges. The officers replied by saying, we feel you, dog, but we still got to arrest you, sweet papa man. During his interview, Waters told police he had been on the farm on about nine previous occasions, quote, but usually only had sex with one chicken. Yeah, the whore chicken. 
Faithful. Yeah. So before we move on to the chickens again, um, I got to double down on the horse stuff. I'm with Carlos because here's the fun thing about this. It's not illegal to have sex with the horse if it's for horse breeding. You can fist them and put all that artificial insemination up in them, and no one says, oh, bestiality, bad, bad, bad. But it's a fucking human hand doing the work there. I wouldn't recommend doing that to a him. <laughs> but, so if it's for pleasure, that's when it's frowned upon. Oh, you're doing it for pleasure and not artificial insemination? Naughty, naughty. It's just religious at that point, it sounds like. Yeah. So, uh, okay, moving on to chickens. The prosecutor Barbara Webster said... He did not like performing the act and said sorry to the chickens after. Yeah. Until the 15 well, that's chickens nice, died. though. Don't <laughs> fucking gloss over the fact that the guy's actually apologizing to the chickens, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> To yeah. the dead chickens. Well, I mean, I'm assuming the ones that survived, because he mostly just fucked that one chicken, apparently. He had one favorite chicken, and I guess he just apologized afterwards. <laughs> so he had remorse. So. Well, I mean, this is not unlike... Most women I have sex with, I usually apologize afterwards. And, and they're all dead afterwards. <laughs> a total of 15 chickens died as a result of Waters' sweet chicken love. He also admitted to banging his pet dog over a four-month period, but said the dog did not like it and growled and bit him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's what stopped them is that the dog didn't like it. The chickens did not express enough displeasure. <laughs> yeah, they were too busy dying, Carlos. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. You know, <laughs> you know how chickens are. So Waters is said to be disgusted by his behavior and hopes to rebuild his life upon his release from prison. So this guy has some bona fide remorse and he's kind of ran the table on many uh, different species. So does he have like some bucket list? And he's just going through and trying to one more to check off. And he's like, okay, I'm, dude, I'm good. Did, I'm going to be no, good No, dude, now. you did not see that last paragraph. He's going to rebuild his life after this, man. He's going to be one of those animal fucker redemption stories you hear about so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to go around giving speeches to at-risk youth about not fucking animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to start the dare of animal fucking. <laughs> dare me to fuck this chicken? Yeah. Uh, we're going to want this next story. Malakuta College in Victoria, Australia, investigated after, quote, totally unacceptable, unquote, sex doll incident on Muckup Day. This is totally unacceptable as opposed to the very acceptable sex doll incidents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys know what Muckup Day is? No. Mm. Yeah, it's like senior prank day, I think. And yeah, basically. Like, I didn't know anything about this shit. It is Australia. So apparently, yeah, the seniors get to fuck shit up at the end of the year or some shit. Is that a thing that they do here in the States, too? I don't know. We do like a senior skip day. It's a little more tame, usually. But um, some places do senior pranks. Okay. Yeah, we kidnapped the principal, and there was a hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, Carlos, that you're from the land of butter coffee. Yeah, that's the that's the official name of it. Was it ghee? Ghee is that what you put in there? What's the butter you put in coffee? Or is it straight up butter? No, it wasn't butter. It was cheese. It was cheese. Cheese. Cheese okay. in coffee? Oh my god, we're not gonna get to this again. Good <laughs> lord, I've already fucking rehashed this with Paul and Jason a million. When I was living in New York City, I would put cheese in my coffee. Because, what kind of cheese? Oh and what kind God. of what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? Lord, this is gonna, what this kind is of a monster are you? Episode altogether. Oh, you're you're we're gonna be talking about this a lot. <laughs> it's che- it's it's Colombian cheese. So when you put it in the coffee, it kind of absorbs the the coffee taste, and when you, you it gets chewy and it's delicious. But you know, you fucking animals with no taste would not understand. <laughs> anyway. When when Colombia, with people with a respectful taste on a coffee cheese, 
<laughs> we had a senior day where the seniors would become the teachers for the rest of the school. Like I went through a Catholic school where it was like kindergarten through senior grade. We had 12 grades, no, 11 grades. So you would become a teacher. Like you would teach the, the little kids how to do shit. So uh, Jason, Ian, have, have you guys ever felt the need to change the texture of your coffee? Not the coffee, the cheese. The cheese, it infuses no, the cheese with a coffee flavor. Oh, That's how I like my cheese with coffee flavor. <laughs> this is what I get when I invite guests from my past. Always bringing up my sort of past. <laughs> but anyway. I like my coffee like I like my women. Dripping with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Full of curd. <laughs> <laughs> Victorian education officials are investigating after primary school children saw teachers and older students with an inflatable sex doll during a regional school's muck-up day celebrations. It is alleged a student brought the female sex doll to the school. The school has primary and secondary students aged from 5 to 18 years. So this is why you shouldn't mix little kids and big kids, right? Because if this were all high school kids, you wouldn't have... All this like crying children, screaming. You'd have a lot more jolly high schoolers laughing and humping that sex doll. I guess, but there's always going to be some little bitch that's going to fucking complain about something. (laughs) Ian, you can do this next one. All right. Several teachers, including the principal, were seen by many primary school students as young as five with a doll during the school's 55-minute lunch break. Sources said the blow-up female doll had visible genitalia and was tied to a pole during lunch break and had water and ice thrown on it. Sources said students and at least one teacher rode on top of the sex doll down a children's slide, and a female name was given to the doll. Now, I've never had a blow-up doll, but they make them with visible genitals now? Is that how inflatable doll technology, how far it's gotten? Yeah, dude. Like, how, what, what do they mean by visible genitals? Like, they have fucking labias and shit? It used to be like a little slit, but now they've kind of got like a little 3D thing going, so you have a little bit more fun. Where the little slit set, a little bit of extra cowbell, if you will. Is this like a real doll or something? Or no, it's a blow-up doll. It's a blow-up, yeah. Like if it was a real doll, I, I could maybe understand. But a fucking blow-up doll with fucking visible genitalia. Yeah, they're putting camel toe on fucking blow-up dolls. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, you can read this paragraph here. A picture of school principal Tim Cashmore close to the doll and with young primary school children nearby was posted on social media but was later taken down. A parent who did not want to be named said their young child had described the naked female doll to them in detail, saying the doll had a lot of holes and lipstick. (laughs) Yep. That's how I usually describe my girlfriends when my parents ask. Every yeah, every day I've ever been on. Lots of holes in lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. By the time we were done with her, you know. Is that what you put on your Tinder now? That's what, it, <laughs> but I, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> a lot of holes in lipstick. There was a cook. I was in a fraternity when I was in college, and there was this old hippie cook that was like, he lived at Hayton Ashbury in the 60s and just did all kinds of drugs and shit. But he told me about this thing called a Mongolian clusterfuck, which was when the Mongolians would raid a village and they would rape and pillage. There would be two guys. The guy would rape the woman in the vagina and the asshole. Another guy would be raping her in the mouth, and a fourth Mongolian would come up and just take out his knife and just stab her in the fucking rib cage and just make a new hole and start fucking that. Wow. Jesus. It's a Mongolian wow. clusterfuck. That's the- some innovation right there. Yeah, I'm surprised Cirque du Soleil hasn't done a thing with that <laughs> shit yet. <laughs> so, this was a fucking cook that told you this story? Yes. Do you have any idea how this motherfucker knew this story, or is this just something that they teach you at cooking school? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't. I don't know what his deal was. Uh, this is. Yeah. I, I'm always fascinated by people that know all these fucking gruesome stories about shit like that. Like I, I actually, I should have known this, obviously, since I'm from Colombia. But I didn't know what a Colombian necktie was till somebody told me. I don't know if I know what that is. I've heard of it, but I don't. Do you know it, can, Jason? Yeah. Hey, can you tell him? Because I don't. I'm afraid I'm gonna fuck it up. Uh, yeah, the like a mafia gangster type thing where you yeah like, they would slit your throat and then they would like reach in and pull your uh, tongue out through this through the slit. Oh shit! So your tongue. Yeah. Oh okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and if you happen to be in Mongolia, they would fuck you through that hole too. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> just dripping, dripping with cum. <laughs> well, but anyway, this is Colombian ingenuity. By the way, this is how we got cheese and coffee, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll close this out. Students' parents were alerted to the muck-up day's activities five days later when a letter signed by both the principal and the school council president was sent out. Her parents said teachers and students told her they were appalled at the behavior of the teachers who failed to stop students handling the doll and participated in the activities. Quote, many of the students felt revolted and just didn't know where to look, she said. <laughs> And I don't know what this woman's name was, but I'm assuming it was Karen. <laughs> it really, I mean, you really think a lot of these students were fucking revolted, man. It, it, nobody, they were all probably having fun. Who gives a fuck? And it's just one fucking person got word of it and it just became a fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, dude, the older kids wanted their turn and the younger kids wanted a new Christmas present. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the kids didn't even get a chance to do anything fun with the doll. The, the teachers like took over the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. It's like, ah, so we can't do anything with so we just have to fuck the teachers then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I, when I was a kid, anytime kind of sex shit happened, I would be all about it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool and shit. Like, I, Did you guys ever get like boners when you were a kid and you didn't even know why you got a boner? Did that ever happen to you guys? I, I always knew why. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it was because grandpa was in town. <laughs> We're going into our indecorous deep dive. That's what we're going to do now. We build this podcast as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about some of the awful things those crazy kids at the Big Tobacco did to get people to start and keep buying their deadly, but admittedly super cool looking products. Tonight, we want to touch on some of what led up to as well as the fallout from Big Tobacco's record-breaking $368 billion settlement that took place in 98. This deep dive was written by Bobby, just like the last one. You you wrote the last tobacco thing. I don't know what you have against tobacco, Bobby, but <laughs> apparently it's some sort of vendetta you have against him. Ian, you can take this first paragraph. Alrighty. The job-killing, freedom-hating conspiracy against poor Big Tobacco started in 1950, when Dr. Richard Dahl had the audacity to discover a link in mice between smoking and cancer. Yes, that would be the same cancer that would go on to kill five of the iconic Marlboro men and millions of plain old everyday motherfuckers, Leo Burnett, whose ad agency created the Marlboro Man, Tony the Tiger, and Pillsbury Doughboy would later tell Philip Morris that they should shift the focus from a report linking environmental tobacco smoke to lung cancer that they should shift the focus well i mean i would think so if you're gonna fucking that's probably not what you want to focus your advertising <laughs> <Yeah>. on. 
Just a room full of so hot boxed with cigarette smoke. Yeah, yeah, should we focus on this thing about our product killing people or just other shit? It's like, no, oh, yeah, maybe maybe the Marlboro Man is a better thing. Yeah, pan back to the tits. I say steer right into that shit, though, because, I mean, it's a manly way to die. You're not dying of one of these pussy fucking heart attacks. You're dying of <laughs> some manly death because you were having some bold, refreshing, smooth tasting. I guess that here. would be a hell of a fucking tilt if you just decided like, yeah, no, we're going to fucking rebrand death as manly or unmanly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. uh, 27 years after Dr. Dahl discovered the link between smoking and cancer, uh, Helmut Wakeham becomes the first tobacco company executive to admit a link between smoking and dying. Yeah, cigarettes are... So what are we to do? Stop living? Best way to avoid dying is to not be born, you know? <laughs> he, he was interviewed as part of a documentary about five Marlboro men dying from smoking. And when Big Tobacco sees the doc, they lose their shit, claim they were tricked, and sick their most ferocious lawyers on all parties involved. They were successful in their efforts, and the film is blocked from being shown again. A documentary about the Marlboro men, and they, they were able to get it fucking blocked from being shown again? Yeah. Wow, that's fucking all right. Seems like a Netflix uh, pickup right there. They should jump in there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah, they're gonna take a what should be a one-hour documentary and stretch it out into like seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do this next paragraph there, Jason. Very similar to meetings held by mob bosses from different families to strategize against RICO indictments. All seven heads from the world's largest tobacco firms meet in 1977 to get their story straight and, quote, develop a defensive smoking and health strategy to avoid our countries and or companies being picked off one by one with a resultant domino effect. See, that's one of those where I like, I don't, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist person, but then you hear shit like this and then you're like, well, maybe there is something to it. Yeah, I mean, isn't the word like for exactly what they're doing is, isn't that just collusion? Yeah, yeah, that's basically exactly <laughs> what they're fucking doing. Yeah. And it's not a crazy thing that a couple, you know, not many people are involved. If it's a small group, you can keep a secret. If it's a couple of boards, you can, you can keep shit yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you can keep it within, like, it's just the heads of the fucking thing. Yeah, and... And it's a strategy that these guys make millions of dollars. It, 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 literally, they make millions of dollars to keep their mouths shut. Like, if you're paying people millions of dollars, people will keep a secret. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that, yeah. See, when you put it that way, like, it, it doesn't make sense. The conspiracies that I don't, I can't get behind is, like, when it takes, all right, it would take hundreds of thousands of people to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. For this conspiracy not to get out. Like, with these things with Trump, you know, people saying, well, you know, the virus is a hoax. Yes, all of the doctors on the planet, minus, you know, 27 yeah. that appear on Fox News, are all colluding. <laughs> right. Uh, from people from fucking Indian doctors and... Uh, all over the world. Siberian doctors, all over the world, just to... Yeah, no, exactly. It's like everybody... Yeah, it's, it's funny how even people in fucking Kazakhstan are trying to get Trump to not lose the election by going along <laughs> with this fucking hoax sort of thing. Yeah, but think of how much overtime they're getting, all right? <laughs> so the meeting was the start of Operation Berkshire. They began the process of creating a parallel narrative, setting rival information and systems and complete alternative scientific consensus. They developed first the Center for Indoor air research to quote keep the controversy alive unquote when it comes to proof of harmful effects of secondhand smoke and then infotab the intelligence arm designed to monitor anti-tobacco organizations to quote enlist allies unquote 
and rebut data from the anti-smoking lobby. Okay, you got to have to explain this to me, Bobby, because I'm not really sure what I just read. So basically, I mean, kind of like how nowadays, you know, you'll hear that oil companies have scientists on their payroll to kind of go out there and just just muddy the waters. Well, well, we don't really know for sure that, you know, Uh, and then it just... They have their own research. Yeah, and it just kind of gives people, it makes them feel justified when they're like, well, the the science isn't in. I mean, they don't don't all disagree. Kind of like you were talking about with COVID and everything. Right. It's like Trump hiring that radiologist or whatever to be the head of the uh his head epidemiologist the guys no idea what he's talking about he's a sycophant and oh right he's saying whatever trump wants him to say yeah but but it's it's enough to muddy the waters and get people that are that are confused or don't care to know what the truth yeah. is to go oh yeah it's the both sides are you know exactly yeah. like they want to believe that guy anyway and it's like oh now a guy's saying what i want to believe anyway it's so. a, i mean dude like, like one of the most egregious examples of that was remember when that fucking voodoo lady she had the cure for fucking covid demon sperm lady yeah she was like and of course because she's branded as a doctor god knows what fucking devry school she got her doctor doctor license at but yeah people that want to believe that she'll be oh look it's a doctor she said it look and then meanwhile you look at anything else she's fucking said it's demon sperm and dream lovers and shit like that but yeah it doesn't take much really to muddy the waters basically yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, So in 1993, a friend of Mississippi Attorney General Mike Moore asks if there's any action the state can take on behalf of his friend Alice Thompson, whose mother Karen is dying from cancer caused by smoking. Despite the previous 800 failed attempts to fight big tobacco over 40 years, Moore thinks her case has merit. (laughs) This is what I mean. We did this uh, on the other episode where we did the part one of this shit, but it's kind of like in the age that we are in now, it's kind of hard to believe that people ever believed that cigarettes were not bad for you because, you know, we've all known this for a long, long time. So it's hard to believe that anybody ever did it. It's kind of like hard to believe. Oh, the people thought the earth was flat at some point. Although, again, you know, that's another fucking story. <laughs> but still, it's like, how do you not believe? How do you not know? But there was a time when people did not know that cigarettes were bad for you because they fucking did muddy up that science for a long time. It's like climate change now. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, hopefully at some point, people are going to look back and they'll be like, what? People were really saying that climate change wasn't a thing at some point? Yeah, but the oil companies had scientists on the payroll. <laughs> right. I don't know if you guys saw, there was one episode of the John Oliver show where the, he did a thing where it was like, okay, you know, since people are like, you got to get both sides of the story. So, okay, we have one, we have a scientist here that says climate change is not really a thing. And then just to do the equivalent, here we have like a hundred other scientists. And then he just fucking filled the studio with a hundred other voices. Yeah, yeah. Because they always do that false equivalency thing. Because, yeah, we'll have one person on one side and one person on the other, which makes it seem like it's 50-50 when it fucking really isn't at all. I think John Oliver is the best show on TV. Like it's replaced the Daily Show as far as you could learn from it. And there's so many laughs. It's, a, it's such a great show. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, I totally agree. The only, yeah. well, you know, I was going to say the only problem is it's on HBO, which is a limited channel. But yeah. the other thing is, like, if it wasn't on HBO, I don't know if he'd had the freedom that he does to do what he does. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you can do this uh, little paragraph there, Jason. 
All right. One by one, with thousands of attorneys across the country, Moore is able to get all the states on board to go after big tobacco. Since the state picks up a large share of the healthcare costs of its lower-income smoking residents, these were the same lower-income smokers big tobacco made a point to market to. And this is the dude from Mississippi? Yeah. This is fucking crazy. So this is the fucking one good thing Mississippi's done for the United States in the history of the United States. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they got a lot of poor people there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's what it fucking took. And it well, and they have a lot of poor white people. I think is what the main problem was. <laughs> All right, Ian, you can do this one. All right. Rather than drag out the inevitable, Big Tobacco petitioned Congress for a legislative settlement and agreed to pay three hundred sixty-eight billion to states over twenty-five years for cigarette-related illness. For context, the next largest payout in U.S. legal history was a comparatively paltry $7 billion from the Enron scam. Wow. The states celebrate, and so does Big Tobacco, because now they can put all of these lawsuits behind them and make their chump customers pay for it. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where that's why corporations can get away with so much shit is because they have this faceless thing that they are. They're the corporation. So nobody's actually going to jail. No, it's a parking ticket, basically. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of money, but I mean, th- I'm sure this is just chump change compared to all the money that they made from selling cigarettes for the last, how I remember, fucking 50 years. Oh, yeah. They go into that knowing that it, they could lose, you know, there would be some, uh, what was it? What's the term in retail? Uh, oh, shrink. Shrink, yeah. It's like shrink for them. Yeah, exactly. Cost of doing business. I don't know what that means. Just they're going to be sued because they know they're doing illegal shit, but they're betting that the lawsuits are going to be less than what they're profiting. Exactly. So it's, it's a cost of, yeah, cost of doing business. That is so fucked up, and yet it's fucking something that happened. I mean, it's, a, it's something that you think like, oh, all right, this is like evil mastermind from the movies type shit. But no, they're fucking doing this every day. Well, it's just like the Sackler family that owns the... Uh, Purdue, yeah. Purdue, yeah. Purdue Pharmaceuticals, where you know they hooked everyone on opioids and they made billions of dollars, and then they just folded their company and settled for money that they don't have that they'll never be able to pay back. But the family walked away, and you should be able to claw back money. You shouldn't be able to, yeah. you know, you you have you work for a corporation, you profit hundreds of millions of dollars personally. Yep. But then you know you sink that, you buy houses and you buy real estate and you buy all this stuff. But then that's personal where that you can dissolve the corporation, but I get to keep everything. You shouldn't get to keep the shit if you were yep. earning the money illegally. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And that's yeah, exactly. And, and that's how they get away with it. And that's why it's one of those where because they're able to, again, instill this faceless thing called the corporation. It's like, oh, it's the corporation's fault. There's no Mr. Purdue that's going to go to jail for all this opioid shit. There is no Mr. Tobacco that's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. It's just, oh, it's the corporation. So now the corporation got a hit. But nobody's really fucking paying anything. And I like how they do the PR stuff because when they finally admit the case on TV or whatever little press release, they don't ever take the responsibility of it. They say, we admit that this bold flavor, full rich body, flavor country (laughs) may or may not have done the things that were claimed, but you enjoyed the ride nonetheless. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you enjoyed that backpack you got with your Marlboro Bucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah corporations are people but they're people that never have to worry about ever going to jail exactly yeah. no matter what they do so of course the states managed this windfall of settlement cash responsibly and spent less than three percent of it on smoking relating diseases new york splurge on a 700,000 sprinkler system for a golf course and a shiny new 24 million dollar county jail <laughs> 
80% of the states got a failing grade from the state of tobacco control report for spending less than 50% of the recommended amount on tobacco use prevention. Luckily, a lot of people still got the message and society unleashed its most powerful weapon against tobacco use, making non-smoking women less likely to fuck guys that smoke. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all it comes down to. It's just smoking is gross now, I guess. Do you smoke, Jason? Uh, I, do, I don't smoke, but I mean, I, I'll i rip a cigarette here or there, but I, I don't. You're not a regular yeah, smoker? I don't make a habit of it. When we did the part one of this shit, I kept talking about how when I was living in new york city how fucking expensive cigarettes are and also you there's fucking where do you smoke dude you can't smoke inside bars you can't smoke inside anywhere anymore like not even in fucking like right you can't smoke in central park right no yeah it's a hundred dollars if you get caught yeah so it's like even at a park you can't smoke so it's one of those things where it's just like i don't even know how it's even a viable thing to do just on a everyday life yeah I'd have to like go on my stoop and smoke, but I've got the citizen app. Do you guys have citizen app? That's like, it's like a police blotter thing. I know. Yeah. I know of it. I know. It just, yeah. It gives you like, I'm getting all these warnings, like someone robbed here, someone stabbed here. And it's like, I'm not smoking a cigarette in front of my building at least in my life. (laughs) Everybody check us out on Patreon. We are on patreon.com slash indecorous comedy. If you're not familiar with Patreon, that's basically where you can send us money to support the podcast. And we have different tiers. We have a one, three, seven, ten, twenty. Yeah, dude, the twenty is a one time. If you don't want to be a reoccurring subscriber, you can just hit that one night stand, go about your business, and the rest of them are reoccurring. The twenty is reoccurring too, but we don't expect anybody to fucking send us twenty dollars a month. But if your thing is like, hey, you know, I dig your shit, but I can't do this monthly thing. Eh, yeah, good. then you can just throw us 20 bucks. The other ones, you can sign up on a monthly basis. Anything three and up, you get all the extras that we put up on Patreon. We do extra content and we do extra interviews and we do extra episodes, all kinds of stuff that doesn't get released on the regular feed. And we haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you like the podcast, please leave us a good review in whatever podcast app that you use. If you had it on iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast for doing that or just whatever podcast app that you used. If you can leave us a good review, that would be fucking amazing. And just tell your friends too, right? Yeah, I was about to say that's the most important thing. Way to steal my thunder. We're about to go into indecorous laws. Every state has their own laws. So every week or whenever we feel like it, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the USA. Most of these were real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed and others are sadly still on the books. One of them is unverified because I can't verify every single one of these. We're doing Ohio this week in, in honor of our guest, Jason Cantor, from originally Cleveland, but then went to Columbus. We, we do your whole biography. <laughs> and then went to New York as a young chap. Yeah, we would for lunch. I was in Houston for a year and I was in North Carolina. I was in Raleigh for a year too. Oh, no shit, really? I would go up good nights all the time. What year was that? Oh, three and oh, four. I was in uh, at good nights. In oh, that, that's when it was still good. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. I saw Chris Rock there, David Cross. Fucking uh, Hedberg came through there sometimes. Do you ever see Hedberg? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I hung out with Edberg a couple times. That's awesome, dude. I had a, a friend of mine once. Nice. 
open for Hedberg I, in, I forget exactly where, but I think it was somewhere in that area. Because Raleigh's really close to uh, Chapel Hill, Durham, the, mm-hmm. where the universities are. And my buddy was opening for him, and Hedberg gave him his uh, merch. He had these CDs. He's like, hey, man, can you hold on to this, and I'll just get it from you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you know Hedberg for whatever reason never showed up for the show the next heroin year. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by however reason I mean heroin that's the reason so so he wasn't <laughs> at the show there so my buddy just ended up with this box full of Hedberg CDs and they're like not the Comedy Central ones this is when when he was just selling like his own yeah he was doing it on his own yeah oh strategic grill locations I think I got one I, of yeah I, I got one from him too and you know I lost it to, to a girlfriend over the years. But yeah, yeah, it's like his fuck. Lynn Shawcroft, his girlfriend at the time, who then became his wife, right, and is now his widow. She hand drew the cartoon of Mitch on the front. Right. Yeah. It's like if you try to get that, I mean, you can still get the album, like if you go on Amazon or whatever. But the cover is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's not the same one that yeah. that. Um, it's a grill. Yeah. Exactly. It's not the one that uh, Lynn had. So yeah, that's one of my. I still have it somewhere. I don't know where I have it, but yeah, that's cool that you were. I didn't know you were in Raleigh for a while, dude. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it got taken over by some cunt. Yeah, uh, I forget his name. Shitty comic. Uh... What's his fucking name? I, I hate. There's another thing I hate. I hate when people be like, "Oh, this guy that I'm not gonna name, but he's an asshole." I was like, no, I want to name these fucking assholes. Yeah. Wait, was this was this when they changed from like Charlie Goodnights to just Goodnights, and they got really mad at you if you said? Charlie I don't Goodnights? know if that's around the because the Helium people, I think, book good nights now but they took it over the cunt guy who's fucking yeah he's he's like a corporate he's like a cruise ship comic he's a cruise ship magician comic and he's a big piece of shit and it brutal there were dark times at good nights for a while but he's gone so it's 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 good again (laughs) but anyway ohio state laws huh (laughs) (laughs) all right bobby go ahead do it uh the owner of any animal that escapes from the owner's custody and that is not indigenous to Ohio or presents a risk of serious physical harm to persons or property must report the escape to the authorities within 1 hour or we will fuck that animal. Yeah, I mean I think it's one this is like the Tiger King law or some shit like people yeah. that are exporting wild animals. I actually so I know what this case stems from. I remember that happening. It was east of Columbus in central Ohio. And a guy, he had like a, basically a Tiger King style farm of all these exotic animals. And he unlocked all the gates and killed himself. So the animals like roaming town, like they had to go kill a bunch of these animals. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, Yeah. that's the story I was going to tell. Yeah, they, it was really, it was really sad. I mean, all these, they had to put down like all these lions. So he was like, fuck my life and fuck everybody else's life too. Yeah. God damn. Piece of shit. He mailed in a ballot for Trump. (laughs) That's what I was. Seventeen years ago, and they're going to count it. He wants to, uh, Giuliani's trying to argue for them to count it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right. No person shall solicit a person of the same sex to engage in sexual activity with the offender, where the offender knows the solicitation is offensive to the other person or is reckless in that regard. So this goes against everything I've learned from gay erotica which is a man walks into a bathroom, <laughs> sees another man that's attractive, and just starts sucking his dick without talking to him yeah, or anything, that's right? right. <laughs> that's right. Have you ever... Yeah, exactly. You can't intimidate. Like, oh, you know, this guy might maybe be into it or something. No, you got to fucking judge whether this solicitation is going to be offensive to them or not. I'm glad... You know, I'll tell you this, man. I mean, it, it is fucked up that it's the same sex, but if this law applied to opposite sex, then I would never get laid. I would fucking <laughs> always assume that they're going to be offended. 
<laughs> by me suggesting that they have sex with <laughs> All right, uh, you can do this next one, Jason. According to the Ohio Constitution, quote, unquote, idiots are not allowed to cast a ballot in an election. Didn't Ohio go as a red state this year? Yeah. Time? I did like that about the last election is Ohio had this fucking thing where they had called uh, whoever Ohio gets gets the president for the last fucking like 30 years, but they got it wrong this time. I think it was longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of uh, dumb people there. Defunding the schools has worked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, remember how it was with Obamacare and everyone was screaming about socialism and they hate it. And then they said this election, like 70% of the country is on board with Obamacare. Oh, yeah. And I think it would, be, yeah. it would be higher. I think a lot of people have Obamacare. They don't know if they have it. And then when the Supreme Court takes it away from them, then they're going to be, you know, they're well, what the fuck, you know? And like, so the yeah. number would be even higher than 70%. Yeah. Keep your government hands off my Obamacare. Off my Social Security. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> this last on, every operator of an underground coal mine must provide an adequate supply of toilet paper with each toilet. Good luck in a pandemic. That's what I was thinking, man. I mean, this whenever they wrote this law, they didn't know what was coming. They, they didn't know about the Kung flu. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds also, it kind of sounds like a compromise that the coal mine owners were making when they took away these miners' pensions. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, at least we're giving you toilet paper for the toilets, right? <laughs> Be happy. Be thankful you have a job. Yeah, you want to keep wiping your ass with your hand, huh? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we're running out of canaries down here. <laughs> this is when the coal miners negotiated away the bathroom attendants, just so they have toilet paper. <laughs> All right, we've reached the end of the podcast, guys, huh? We did it. <laughs> One more time, somehow we fucking got through it. Jason, thank you for being on the podcast, my dude. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Jason Cantor on uh, Instagram. Instagram's the only uh, social media that I really uh, enjoy these days. So That's what I was about to ask you. Like, yeah, so that's the only one you're doing now, Instagram? Uh, Facebook, I just, I hate, I just, I don't even post jokes. I just hate posts about President Trump. And Twitter, I'm barely ever on. Uh, I got, I've been suspended a couple times for telling people to kill themselves uh, <laughs> but I, I like instagram because like the medium unless you're fucking uh what's that guy's name uh dimitri martin unless you're dimitri martin like you don't have visuals on stage so i like yeah like, you can post things that aren't jokes you would ever use in your act you know you can picture of a dead chicken with a stretched out asshole yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm a, I'm, I'm currently on a 30-day suspension on on facebook i and yeah, I don't even I don't even want to promote it anymore because I'm just like I'm fucking fuck this shit. Like, now that Trump already lost, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna hound all these fuckers that won't pay me the hundred dollars they bet me that Trump was gonna lose. And mm-hmm. once Biden takes over, I'm like, I'm done with this shit. Brad Reader, Brad Reader, that's the name of the cunt. Uh, Brad Reader, <laughs> that's the name of the cunt that ran Rally. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, what a piece of shit. Yep. All right, Jason, appreciate right. you, man. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Take it easy, brother. Yeah, you too. Thanks Take care. Lot, Bye, guys. All right, Bobby, you got any last words before we go? Uh, No, again this week. That's good. You went out on a trip. You didn't talk much about it on the podcast. How's your COVID seeking going? You paused? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went hiking on some trails in nature, trying to track down COVID-19. Couldn't find it, so it must be a hoax. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't find it. <laughs> You heard it here first, people. How about you, Ian? You got any last words? I'm just intimidating my cats, trying to fucking piss on their shit and show them who's boss. I think you just used that as an excuse to pee on their food, dude. I don't really think there was a problem. You just want to, <laughs> as a fetish, you just satisfied. 
Yeah, I think you got caught peeing on the cat's stuff, and then you just came up with this backstory about why you had to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a rich backstory, and it fucking plays. It's inevitable. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you for listening to the podcast. That's to you, too. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Bobby and Ian. <laughs> You're welcome. I always appreciate when you guys listen to the podcast. I am Carlos Valencia. You can find me online at Twitter at Carlos underscore Valencia, Instagram at Carlos V Comedy, or on my website, CarlosVComedy.com. I have all kinds of illegal pictures that cost thousands of dollars on my website. So <laughs> check them out before I take them all down. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. Walk your cats. Oh, plural now, huh? Really? <laughs> yeah, walk your cats whose food you're pissing on. <laughs> <laughs>